Welcome. The parish is a church community in Alpharetta, Georgia, practicing the way of Jesus for the sake of others. Talks like these are just one part of how we gather to be deeply reshaped by Jesus. So we invite you to join us any Sunday morning for a full church gathering. You can find more information or contact us by visiting our website at parishanglican.org. Well, as you settle back in, I want to just take a few minutes and reflect on the passage that Jenny read earlier in our gathering and to help us re-enter into that space. I'm going to re-read parts of that passage and I'll invite you now just to close your eyes and uh, to take a deep breath, bring awareness to your heart and see if there might be anything here for you that the Holy Spirit wants to emphasize or accent or highlight or invite you into. And this is from Galatians 5. God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's true freedom. But if you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time you'll annihilate each other, and then where will your freedom be? My counsel is this. Live animated and motivated by God's spirit. There is a root of sinful self-interest in us, and it's at odds with a free spirit. There are two ways of life contrary to each other. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit? When we live in God's way, the fruit of the Spirit blossoms organically in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit. Let's make sure we don't just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but instead, let's work out its implications in every detail of our lives. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, I want to spend a few minutes now just reflecting on that passage, and I want to just offer us two words uh, that might guide us in this little reflection here. I'm only going to talk for 10-ish minutes, uh, but these two words are fruit and flow. How do, we, how do we get in on the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and how do we uh, do that by flowing in the, the flow, the rhythm, the way of the Holy Spirit? And so we'll walk backwards through that passage we just read. And we'll walk backwards through it by starting with this idea of the fruit of the Spirit, and then we'll see how that guides us into the flow of the Holy Spirit. And then next week, we'll add a third word, freedom. 
Um, and uh, will be interesting to reflect on Christian freedom uh, in the midst of a 4th of July weekend. And so I look forward to that with you. Uh, but if you were here last week, Keith uh, spoke about the holy rhythm, the holy rhythm of God and how we get in on that holy rhythm. And he landed the plane by talking about the fruit of the Spirit and that one litmus test for our lives with God is do we see things like love and joy and peace and patience at work in our lives, right? Um, and, uh, and he landed it there, and then as I was looking at the, the lectionary passages for this week, I was like, oh, how about that? Here's the fruit of the Spirit popping up in our, our passage again this week. And so that's what brings us back to it. There is an idea at the heart of this passage uh, that is really the root of Christian spirituality, in my view. And that's this simple idea. There are two ways of being in the world. There's two ways of being in the world. Uh, there is the way of the self. There is the way of the spirit. There is the self-led life. There is the spirit-led life. We talked about this uh, a while back. You know, you might use different language for this. You could say there is the false self there is the Christ self or the true self. Uh, ultimately, we are always being beckoned into a choice. Will I say my way or Christ's way? Will I pray, my kingdom come, my will be done, or thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Will we live according to the flesh, which is the word Paul uses? And, and don't be mistaken, that, that word of flesh does not mean physicality or, or materiality, right? There's nothing inherently subspiritual about that which is physical, right? But instead, what Paul's getting at is this kind of self-led life, this sinful self-interest, uh, to use the words from our passage today, versus the way of the Spirit. We are always, at all times, being formed into one of those ways. Spiritual formation is not optional. It is not the extra credit bonus for those who really want to uh, be religious right? Spiritual formation is what it means to live in this world. We are being formed into one of these ways through life itself, through the ordinary circumstances of daily life. We are being formed. And look at how Paul puts it uh, in verses 17 through 18. Uh, he says, there is a root of sinful self-interest. In other words, uh, what comes out of a root? Fruit, right? And so we're going to get to the fruit of the Spirit but there's also a rooted way of sinful self-interest in us, and it is at odds with the free spirit. And there are two ways of life. They're contrary to each other. We cannot live at times one way and at times another, although if we're honest about our experience, often that's what it feels like, right? I'm living in one way, and oh, wait, now I'm living in this way. Uh, and Paul bears witness to that, too, in other parts of his writing. But I think what he's getting at here is that we are regularly faced with the choice, which, which way of being in the world am I going to choose? Um, and so there are these two roots. They lead to two types of different fruit. And so if you go to the next one for me, Sonny, let's compare these two using Paul's words here. There's the self-led life, and it's obvious what kind of life develops as we try to get our own way all the time. Loveless, cheap sex, emotional garbage, grabs for happiness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying once. I could go on, and he does, right? That's a shortened version of the list. Or a spirit-led life. Right? By contrast, what happens when we live God's way? The fruit of the Spirit blossoms organically in our lives. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits that stem from the roots 
that we are sinking our lives into. And on paper, putting this up on a screen in black and white text might feel a little bit moralistic, a little bit behavior management, and, and certainly there is a place for morality in God's kingdom, and there's a place for behavior in, in God's kingdom, but it's also something much bigger than that. And so what I hope to do is expand our imaginations of these two ways of being in the world through something maybe broader than just words up on a screen, and for that I wanna give us a metaphor of music metaphor of music. Keith used the words holy rhythm last week. Um, when I was 18, I started learning to play the drums, and uh, I did this uh, basically as stress relief, because those of us who grew up in a world before anxiety medication was, you know, in vogue, we used the drums. <laughs> and so, you know, I just beat the living daylights out of the drums, and that was how I made it through college. Um, <laughs> there are better ways, right? My wife's a therapist, go talk to her. Um, but, uh, but that was how I did it. Now, I'm not very good at the drums, I never had a teacher, but it was just a way of getting in on the rhythm of something bigger than myself right? And, uh, and also, similarly, while hearkening back to the late 90s, early 2000s, I grew up in a youth group in that, that era, and if you grew up in a youth group in that era, you also probably are familiar, as I am, with the NUMA videos. There were these videos, these 10-minute videos by Rob Bell with different, uh, different images and, and different metaphors, and one of them has stuck with me, and I want to rely on it here for a few minutes as we talk about this idea. He had this, this video called Rhythm, right? And here's the idea, and I want you to just uh, let your imagination lean into this, that when we think of life in the Spirit, when we think about these two ways, what if we heard a song, and this song is compelling, and it's got melody, and it's got groove, and it's got rhythm, and it's got a beat, and at the heart of God's universe, there is a constant and beautiful melody, a symphony, a harmony, a holy rhythm. It's always playing, though we do not always notice it. It's always playing. It's just there. It's in the beat of the sunrise and the sunset and the tides, the coming in, the going out that Keith talked about last week. It's part of the holy rhythm. You can say that there's no song. The song just keeps playing, right? It just keeps playing. Um, and for thousands of years, people have gotten a little taste of this song, and they've been compelled by it. They've been captivated by it. It's drawn them in to wanting to get in on the song. How do I live in tune? How do I live in rhythm? How do I live in the right key? Everyone is playing the song. I'm playing the song. You're playing the song. The question is not if we are playing. The question is, are we playing in the right tune? Are we playing in the right rhythm? Are we playing in the right key? If David got up here and started playing his piano, I, untrained in playing the piano, would not know how to play in the right key. And what would happen? There'd be dissonant music as a result. And often what we experience in life is like the dissonance of being at odds with the song that is at the heart of the universe, right? And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us to guide us how to live in tune with the eternal song. There is a way that the song goes. We don't get to make up the song. We're not the songwriter, right? We either join the song as it is given or we don't. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we don't get to make up the song, but we don't have to make up the song. It's written on our hearts. Um, if we go down into our preschool class right now and someone's playing with a toy 
and I take the toy away from the four-year-old, the four-year-old knows something in the song has been violated. That's not what we do to each other, right? And of course, as we grow, as we mature, as we become wiser, it gets more nuanced and it gets more mature, but there is something just inherent in us about what happens when we live in or out of the tune. Um, and so, think of it this way, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, fruit of the Spirit is love, and I am unloving. I am living out of tune with the song. If the fruit of the Spirit is patient, and I'm always stressed and hurried and anxious and reacting because I feel like time is closing in on me and I can't get it all, what's going on? I'm living out of tune. I'm living out of harmony. I'm living in the wrong key of the song. It shows up in just super simple things, like when somebody cuts me off in traffic, it's like the song got violated. <laughs> Don't do that to me, right? Uh, when we witness self-centered, toxic, violent behavior, it just feels wrong. Yeah. And when we witness compassion, a holy choice, a justice done in the way of Jesus, when we witness something beautiful and, and others-focused, it's like it entered into something bigger than itself. That's why it feels so compelling to us, right? Yeah. It's playing in the notes and the beauty and the tune and the rhythm of the song. Uh, now, you can know all the technicalities of the music. You can know all the theory. You can know all the theology. And perhaps that means you actually appreciate the music most of all and you appreciate its subtleties and its nuances, but it is also possible to know all the theory and miss the music. And I think we gotta be honest that a lot of what we see in the American church right now is a lot of the theory and a lot of the, the technicality, but we have missed the music, right? And, uh, and we, we, we talk about the song left and right, but it's like we talk about it out of key. We talk about it in the wrong tune. And, and meanwhile, like the world's going like, that doesn't sound right, <laughs> you know? And so we confess, I confess my need to come into alignment, into congruence, into faithful living in the tune of God's Holy Spirit. Um, maybe the technicalities of religion along the way of your journey have become strained for you, and some of the ways you were taught, the details of the song start to not resonate the way they used to, but you still find yourself captivated by love, by joy, by peace, by patience, by goodness, gentleness, compassion, self-control. Guess what? You still hear the music. Yeah. You still hear the music. Keep listening to it. Keep responding to it. You're going to end up in the right spot. Live in God's tune. So, what happens at Pentecost? We'll start to end with this. Pentecost is a miracle of hearing. It's a miracle of hearing. People hear the way of God spoken about in a language they can understand. And I wonder what it might look like for us to have our own miracle of hearing where we start to hear the music again. We start to hear the tune afresh. We start to enter into the rhythm in a new way and we hear the way of God and we're captivated by it. Here's what Paul says in verse 16. He says, my counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That's the charge, not to come to church on Sunday, but to work out the implications of this music that calls us to the way of Jesus in every detail of our lives. 
But here's what doesn't work. When you hear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, what doesn't work is to try really hard to bear that fruit, to be more loving, to be more joyful, to be, like, in my experience, the more I try really hard to be at peace, the more anxious I get, (laughs) right? Right? Because fruit doesn't work that way. An apple tree does not try super hard to bear fruit. It sinks its roots into the living vine and the fruit happens on its own, right? And so the question is not, how do we bear more fruit? The question is, how do we sink our roots in deeper into this way, into this way? How do we sink our roots in deeper? Um, I like this quote from Jeff Metters. It's one of my favorite Pentecost quotes. He says, the means, the muscle, the capacity and know-how of the Christian life are not in us, but they are in Jesus. And if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, the power for the Christian life is now in us. The Holy Spirit of God is rumbling through our lives and he will bear fruit. And so we want to live in the tune, in the rhythm, in the key, in the beat, in the, in the, in the right uh, submission to a song that is bigger than ourselves. I invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And... Um, as we read those passages today, is there any invitation from God for you? Is there a small way this week, even today, that you can play in the right key in the right tune, in the right rhythm? Is there a dissonant chord you know you've been playing and it's time to submit and surrender to a song composed by someone other than yourself? Is there a part of the rhythm that you know is just not what God has for you? Or is there a place where you've been trying to force fruit And instead, the invitation comes, sink your roots into me. God, would you do your work in us this week? Um... Yeah, bring to mind throughout this week, in the little moments, in the little ways, where perhaps we're playing your song, but you just want to help teach us a little more how to enter in. We want to cooperate and participate in your big world. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.